Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human on High FM. My guest today is Sharon Bass, and you're going to be listening to a very short YouTube by Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson on part of Sharon's story. During the Holocaust, there was a Ukrainian woman. She was not Jewish. Her name was Maria Bilschik. She knew a Jewish girl by the name of Fania Bass. I don't know if you know this history. Hitler invaded Russia June 22nd, 1941. Early morning, Sunday. And the Einsatzgruppen followed the Wehrmacht and they went from shtetl to shtetl, from city to city, from village to village. And they gathered every man, woman and child who was Jewish and shot them. This was the Holocaust of bullets, during which between 1.6 million and some say 2.5 million Jews were murdered by bullets. Almost every shtetl has mass graves with thousands of Jewish bodies right there outside of the city in the Ukraine. Fanya Bas was a girl. And this Maria Bilschik took her in. She hid her in her home. Of course, if the Nazis caught you, you were murdered. Your whole family was murdered for hiding a Jew. But she ensured her survival. Fanya Bas has one granddaughter whose name is Sharon Bass. She lives in Israel. And her grandmother always remained connected to her angel, to the woman in Ukraine who saved her. Last week, Fania Bass's granddaughter Sharon found out that Maria has two granddaughters who are in Ukraine in a war zone and need to be saved. So Sharon reached out and secured their journey from Ukraine to Israel. Here's a picture of these two granddaughters of Ukraine, and the granddaughter of the woman who was saved by their grandmother greets them in Ben Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv. We never know the plans of history. What we do know is one thing. When you were born, where you are, your opportunities, your gifts, and your challenges, your talents, resources, and difficulties are all with hashgach, it's all by divine providence. And when I wake up in the morning, I have that choice, a very profound choice. Either I become a victim of my circumstances, I eat up the news, I read the news, but I'm a passive bystander. They say there are three types of people. There are people who make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who want to know what happened. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Sharon Bass. And Sharon is Maria Bilschik's 
uh, granddaughter. And I know that there were quite a few things in there that were actually not correct. And you're not you're shaking your head. I just wanted to thank Beryl and Joel Klotnick for putting me in touch with Sharon and Liz Glassman, who's Glassman, who's at the back there, actually taking a video. Sharon, welcome. How are you today? Hi, how are you, Sue? I'm good. How are you? Now I'm very good. It's good to speak with you. It's so good to have you. Thank now, you for hosting me. You know, I know that you were very close to your grandmother. And when yeah, my you, grandmother was Fania Bas. Fania Bas. Fania Bas. Yeah. Okay. And Maria, uh, how do you pronounce Blitschik. it? Blitschik. She was her um, the, her savior, wasn't she? The part of the Kaluti family who, who yeah. saved. Now I know that you, when you were making this decision to reach out to Maria's grandchildren, you went to your grandmother's grave. Why did you do that? Mm. My grandmother was a, a major part of my life. Since I was a little girl, she always uh, shared with us and told us the stories, sang us the songs that, you, that she used to sing. And, you know, it was, I feel like the, the Holocaust is a part of me, a big part of me. Mm. My grandmother was a kind of person that always, she wasn't a victim in no way. She, you know, like, like, like you said before, she took her, the, the business into her hands and, you know, she was very active. She, she volunteered in many places, telling her story over and over again to all the grandchildren. We all knew what happened back then. And um, I feel like she, you know, like she's guiding me throughout my, my life. So when we, we made the effort to bring the girls to Israel to a safe place, I felt like, you know, like her hand was um, showing me the way. Her spirit was, was with me. And it was very important for me, not that I'm that, that big of a believer, but um, <laughs> to go and ask her to take care of them and to show them, you know, to, to make a safe uh, journey for them. And to tell her that we're gonna make a little bit of closure to her story. Although for all the years we were in touch with them, but uh, because of the war, it was different now. We're going to get back to that shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program, and I'm back with Sharon Bass, Fania Bass's granddaughter. And she was telling us about the connection that she had with her grandmother and why she wanted to actually go and ask her for some guidance, some support in her decision. Tell me about the decision you had to make. It's called an intergenerational dilemma. When you take on something from the past, from past generations. Now, you're the third generation here. So yeah. tell me about your dilemma. What was it? I didn't have a dilemma. <laughs> what did you make? The the was it a decision, an immediate decision? It was an immediate decision, and it was really, you know, we, we were very, 
sure of it. We we, we made it with uh, with our hearts, and uh, it was it it was really an easy decision. When people tell me, you know, way to go, you did a wonderful thing, I don't look at it that way because it's very obvious for me to be there for them. Although eight years had passed, it's, it's you know, time, time goes on really quick. And, um, and the world, like we see today, didn't change. Mm-hmm. So I feel obligated, like morally obligated, to be there for them and for my children to be for their children. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a bond that is stronger than blood. So... If I would ask you if you do something for your children or your grandchildren or your parents, then it would be obvious for you. So there wasn't a dilemma, really. Mm. How absolutely amazing. And you've been in touch with them. Your family has been in touch with the, the, the family since the 1990s. I saw that straight after the war there was a period when uh, when everyone was sort of scattered all over and your your family were going to Israel. That was before you were born, obviously, a long time before. But it was in the 1990s when technology changed that you were able to make contact with them again. So when did you come into the lives of uh, Alonia and Lassia? Okay, so it was my grandmother. Well, it was by accident, really, but uh, what a good accident it was. You know, during the, the years there was the communist uh, uh, regime and and no communication and they lived in a small village with no telephones and they weren't allowed to, to write letters. And then in 1990, there was a family that came here to visit. And, you know, they Maria to, uh, asked them to ask if when they come here, if someone knew something about Fania Bas, Fania Rosenfeld Bas. And you know, Israel is such a small country that everyone knows everyone. <laughs> sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but in this case, it was very good because they said, yes, of course we know, know Fania Bas. She's a kindergarten teacher and she lives in Petah Tikva, in near Tel Aviv, and she has a family. So, and then they wrote letters to each other and we still have the letters here. And they were very, very excited. Maria couldn't believe it that when she heard that my grandmother was alive because, you know, she left them in 1944. And since then, there was nothing for almost 50 years. Mm. So they were very happy. And uh, my grandmother went there to visit. And then they came here and they were, you know, named the, the righteous among the nations by Yad Vashem here in Jerusalem. And since then, the connection, you know, uh, was never uh, detached. Um, because of the situation there being so difficult economically, so we try to help them come here and get, you know, like proper proper salary to work here on a special visa from the Interior Ministry. So, and, and the most incredible thing is that my, when my grandmother got sick and needed, you know, like help, someone taking care of her, then Maria was, I don't know if you call it commanding, but you know, she asked her daughter Luba to come and take care of my grandmother. And she was the caretaker of my grandmother for 17 years until until my grandmother passed away. Good heavens, that's amazing. And Maria, Maria had 10 
10 daughters, is that right? Or 10 children? 10 children. Yeah. So <laughs> Luba children. was one of them. Luba, yeah, and Luba is still, is, uh, still here in Israel. She has two more, two more years to be here. And we're trying to, to get them uh, a permanent stay here because, you know, she, she gave her life for my grandmother. How amazing. She, Absolutely amazing. Your grandmother passed away in 2019. Yeah. So is Luba in contact with her nieces now, um, Maria's, um, the grandchildren who are here, Alani and yeah. Lassia? Of course. Uh, you know, that. as I told you before, I, I grew up uh, with my uh, grandmother and grandfather actually in the same house. We lived together. My, my parents built the house behind my grandparents' house. Ah, so wonderful. Uh, when my grandmother died, then my parents let Luba stay there and live there uh -huh. know, instead of giving it to someone else and taking uh, rent or something. She, it was really obvious that she's going to stay there as long as she wants because she's part of the family. And uh, the connection with the family in Ukraine is uh, always there. We're speaking to them by phone or WhatsApp or, you know, uh, we're friends on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now the situation is really difficult and they are very, very scared, very, they're intimidated by the, the situation. And I'm sure being an Israeli, you also understand that because you also know what it is to run into bomb shelters and try and save fam your family. But uh, going back to your grandmother, she it was also a very fascinating story of who she married. I mean, your granddaughter had a name in, in um, Ukraine, she was taken in by Maria's uh, father and before then by another family. They were Baptist, Christian Baptist, religious people. And, um, and your, mother, your grandmother saved um, another young girl. Was her name Masia? Masha. Masha. Masha, Masha Wolfstel. Yes. Yeah. And, you, and she, told, she said that your grandmother was named uh, a saint, and I can't pronounce the Ukrainian yeah, pronunciation. The sacred Fedosia. Yeah. The sacred Fedosia. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. But you want to hear the story? Yes, I want <laughs> to hear the story. Okay. So my grandmother was exceptional because she knew the Torah, the Bible, by heart. You know, she, she was she went to school, she studied, and it was it it wasn't the case in the in you know in the Baptist uh, over there. So one night, uh, she dreamt a dream, and in a dream, she dreamt in the book of Isaiah that um, uh, Gentiles should leave the bad ways and help the Jewish people. And when she woke up, that's what she's saying. She, she told me, she woke up and saw the Bible open on that chapter. Mm. So she went and told that to the reverend. And since then, it was like God had sent her to them. So they took her and, into the Baptist to go and tell the congregation. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. And when she went there, she told them and she asked them that they should save as many Jewish life as they could. 
And since then, many more were also righteous huh. to do, you know, the righteous thing and the help Jews. So in the story of Masha, my grandmother uh, used to wander the, the forest looking for uh, Jewish people to help, to bring them food, uh, to bring them clothes, to if they need the medicine, something like that. And on one of, the, of her trips, she saw a little package and she didn't know, you know, what it was. And she came closer and she saw a little girl. Mm. She thought she was no more than five years old because she was so small. And the girl looked up to her and she asked her, what are you doing here in the middle of the forest? You know, it's, it's winter, it's cold, you're all by yourself. And she told her that father went looking for food and never returned. Mm. So she took her under a jacket, her coat. And that was the last time that Masha was alone in the forest. And if you saw the, there's a little movie, a small, a short movie from Yad Vashem that uh, Masha is, uh, is telling the story by herself. And she was saying that uh, she saw my grandmother as an angel. Mm. Angel, you know, sent for her to, to save her. And I'm telling you, it's, it's really something that was in my grandmother's, it's, 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 it was in her veins. It's, mm. she, she always, until, until the last day, she, she, all, she didn't think about herself ever. So she was always reaching out to, yeah, to help others. Yeah. So what would she think about you now, do you think? What uh, you are doing? What would she say? I think part of her, you know, like uh, her reaching out and giving back, it was part of her giving back because she, she was given a life, you know, like in, in such an horrific times by the Kalota and Blischik family. It was like a present, you know, you don't get presents like that in mm. times like that. So she always felt like she has to give back some of it. And I think it came, it, 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 it grew up to me also. Like I, I got it, you know, for my grandmother. Mm, wonderful. What a and wonderful thing. Mm. <laughs> and you think what? <laughs> Again, I, I don't feel like I'm doing something, you know, big or out of the ordinary. I don't think that I, I, I can behave differently. That's so wonderful. For them. And your grandmother lost many of her, much or most of her family in, in Ukraine, in the Holocaust, by bullets mostly, as uh, Rabbi Jacobson actually did say. Did she, was, it, was there ever a heaviness about her that she passed on to you? Or was it more a sense of just gratitude that she was able to go on with the family name? You know, a Shoah. There are so many mixed emotions. Terrible. The mm. guilt and of living and the survivor she, guilt. Yeah, she felt very guilty for, especially because uh, she has one story that hunted her in the night. She, she, she woke up ev almost every night with this uh, dream. She had a young uh, brother called Israel. 
and uh, they were sent that's the way that she was saved from the beginning they were sent sent to a walking camp avodot kfia to build a bridge that the Russians had bombed and, I don't know, the Nazis to build it again. And they went on a week walk. So when she went out of the ghetto to, to get to that site, her brother was just getting back from there. And she told him, Israel, please stay with me for another week and so we can get more food to our parents and brothers and sisters. And he didn't want to do that. He said, you know, Fania, I miss, I, miss my, I miss Abba and Ima, my parents, so much. I can't stay with, with you. And, you know, for all the years, she felt so guilty because if she would ask him again, if she would, you know, like, be more... Um, Assertive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, then he, he would be alive today. Um, What a burden to carry. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a big burden. Sharon, I would like to just hear about your grandfather because there's also such a wonderful story of the person that Fania actually married, your grandfather. Would you tell us a bit? We might have to stop during it, but just please start telling us. Okay, so my grandfather, Yaakov Bas, he was the only Jew that stayed out of the ghetto. The, ghetto. the, the Nazis asked him to stay outside the ghetto because he was a pharmacist and the Nazis did not, did not have a doctor. So he stayed in the pharmacy to run it. It was a good decision. It was his decision and it was very difficult for him to leave his... Uh, he had a wife and three kids from, an, from the previous marriage. But he decided uh, to, to stay outside the ghetto so he can help. And my grandmother was actually the girlfriend of his eldest son. Okay, so when the ghetto was, uh, you know, started, then, and he stayed outside and used to bring them food and everything. And when the ghetto was finished, uh, he managed to bring, they already knew that something is going to happen because uh, they took a group of people to to dig up the holes. So about 30 Jewish people from the ghetto, he managed to get out and put in his bunker uh, under the pharmacy. And almost all 30 of them survived. Mm. Good. They were the only survivors from from this ghetto. So, you know, I'm a pharmacist. (laughs) And the reason is because, you know, You already understand that the legacy of the Bass family is a big, big part of Absolutely. mine. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, uh, during the war, during the, you know, they ran away to the forest and uh, they always stayed in touch. My grandmother, my grandfather and the two of his children that he, that he could rescue. And my grandfather and his son joined the partisans in the forest. The Ukrainian and, uh, partisans. The Ukrainian, yeah. Although there were also groups that were not really um, friendly to, to, to the, the Jews. survivors, mm. but uh, they found a group that uh, would let them in. My uncle was only 15, was offered to, to take care of the horses, but he said, if I survived the, 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 the ghetto and the 
the, the, the slaughter, then I'm not going to take care of horses. Give me a gun and I want to fight. Huh. And uh, when the war ended, my grandfather, you know, it was circumstantial. It, it, would, it wasn't meant to be like this, but uh, we're going they to got get, together. We're going to get back to when they got together. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on Chai FM, and I'm back with Sharon Bass, and we are talking about her grandmother and her grandfather, their legacy, and what, how, how they have taught Sharon's entire family to reach out to others. And often that is the only thing that we actually are asked. There are so many ways to be brave in this world. And sometimes that is the choice that we have to make. How are we going to be brave? Now, tell me, Sharon, going back, if we can, to Alonia and Lassia. Although first, I just wanted to finish with your grandfather because one of the people being um, sheltered also by Maria's family was your your aunt. Your, I mean, uh, Fania's. No, yes, your your grandfather's sister, your aunt, yes. Tell me. My aunt. Yeah. And is that, so they were, other connections are actually just unbelievable. You know, there's, there's, there's synchronicity in all these connections. And that Alania and Lassia should be with you now in Israel as refugees is, is a miracle in itself. Was it very difficult getting them to Israel? No, difficulty, difficulty is a matter of, uh, you know, how you see things. Uh, it wasn't easy. You know, bureaucracy is, uh, I think, the problem of the world. Um, we should be more humane and uh, morally, you know, like... Uh, know what you, the way forward. The good way <laughs> yeah. forward, mm. and uh, and less uh, and to think less about you know what uh, the I don't know I don't know if to to call it consequences because there are no consequences. the The problem with uh, I think with the Israeli government, if I can say that, and I'm not a politician is that uh, we, a little bit, uh, we forgot that to put things, you know, like um, to write things or to give uh, to DOT uh, certificates is not a big thing. We should do things, you know, we, we when, when, when we go back uh, to, to our, uh, to, but, you know, when we go away from this world, then what we do is what matters. So being afraid of uh, destroying our Jewish identity or things like that should not taken should not be taken, you know, as a as a matter when you when you when you want to to approve 
them coming here. And that was the problem. You know, the, the Israeli government gives them a visa, a working visa for five years because of the, their being uh, grandchildren of uh, righteous Gentiles. And after five years, they are deporting them. Uh, and what we think, my family thinks, is they should not depend on us anymore. You know, the, 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 the state of Israel should give them the proper status that they can come here and live here and work here and visit here without any problems for as long as they want and when they want to. And is that uh, what you're trying to apply for? Yeah, that's what we're trying to get Well, them. please, God, that you do manage to get that. Uh, as you say, there's a lot of bureaucracy that you've got to go through first. But just going back to getting them out of there, was it a difficult journey for them coming through Ukraine from their homes? When they came on the on March six, it it wasn't so uh, the the war didn't get to to their village yet. So, mm. in a matter of getting them out of the Ukraine, it was it was a, a long trip, and you know they saw things on the way, uh, especially in the border on the border with Poland. It was very difficult for them to see, you know, all the children. Uh, without, uh, you know, without uh, the, the essential that they need, diapers or food or everything. And the, on the Polish border, they got everything. But, you know, you're feeling like refugees. is not a nice feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, and leaving your family be behind is really difficult. And you're worried about them all the time. So the journey itself wasn't so terrible. It was like something like 15 hours trip to Warsha, uh, and then we got them, uh, Alona, the friend in Warsha that gave her a place to stay in for a few days until the flight to Israel. You know, but the absurd is that what I was afraid of is not of the journey. I was afraid that when they come to Israel, they, they won't be let, let in. They, uh. they, the, the government won't let them in. The, the state of Israel won't let them in. And what, that was my biggest concern. And it's absurd because have you forgotten what happened eight years ago? Mm. Have you forgotten what these people did for our people? Mm. So it makes you yeah. very angry. I can see that, you know, because you, you've, you're, um, you're fighting a lot of red tape there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of red tapes. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on High FM, and I'm back with Sharon Bass. And what she was talking about now, about the uh, fighting bureaucracy, trying to get um, uh, her, the, the, peop the people from Ukraine, actually from the righteous Gentile um, generation, to actually be able to come into Israel, it reminded me of a quote by Leonardo da Vinci, who said, learn to see, realize that everything connects to everything else. And I think that is something that we need to always remember, that whatever we do, there is a connection between the past, between the present, between the future, 
And we've got to be very careful the way we tread on this path, quite honestly. Now, Sharon, how often do you actually see them? I know one of them, uh, is it Alonia who's staying with you? No, Lesia. Lesia. And, yes, yes. and, and where is Alonia staying? Alonia staying with a good friend of hers. She wanted to go there, but uh, in the weekends they come to my grandmother's house. Oh. Everyone, they have another cousin here and their aunt, so. So they go to be with Luba. Yeah, to go. Oh, yeah. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> and what sort of relationship do you have with the girls? Are they friends of yours? Are they relatives of yours? How do you see them? They're my sisters. Oh, isn't that beautiful? The sisters that I never had. I have two, uh, two brothers and three sons. <laughs> <laughs> At last, you've got some feminine energy there. <laughs> well, they are more than family. I see them more than my family. And, you know, it's... Uh, it's really a special bond. So do really. they speak Hebrew? Yeah, because not not very fluent one, but uh, they speak a bit of Hebrew mm. because Luba is here for 17 years. Alona used to be here. She worked here for 10 years and uh, Lesia for five. So you catch up a little bit of Hebrew, although it's a... Ivrit Safa Kasha. It's a difficult language. It's a very difficult language. When I was actually putting our program together, I thought, oh, my gosh, I struggle enough with Hebrew. So now to try and pronounce <laughs> Ukrainian <laughs> words was really difficult. <laughs> mm. So how do you see the future actually playing out for you and for the girls? What is it that you most want? Like I said, you, I want I want uh, the best for them, mm. whatever they decide. Would now you like the their family to come as well? The the family they've left behind in Ukraine. Now we're, we're making effort to bring three more girls here because uh, of what happened in uh, Bucha. Oh, terrible! Uh, so so terrible, and um, they're really scared for the girls. And uh, so three more girls are supposed to come here, uh, maybe even this week. Look, it all depends on what uh, happens over there because uh, you can never know if, if they'll have something to go back to. The situation mm -hmm. there is really getting worse and worse. Must uh, be very frightening for them every time they turn on the news um, they, and see the yeah. horrors of mm -hmm. war. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're trying not to watch the news. Uh, but they're talking uh, with their families every day on the phone and uh, getting all the important information. So how, uh, how would you like to end this program? We are coming towards the end of it and it's been such a pleasure having you on my program with me. How mm -hmm. would you like to end? Well, I want to go back to the words you said before. You said about, uh, you know, there's an, an, um, an Israeli proverb uh, that Igal um, Alon said, you know, Igal Alon? Mm -hmm. um, he said that uh, people that uh, don't know their history, uh, 
they're present is, uh, no, maybe if I'll say it in Hebrew, it will be easier for me. Say it then. When you don't remember your history, your present and your future is unknown. So Absolutely. I think if we'll reconnect to our history, then our future will be better. And giving back, giving back and be kind to other people is not a, a bad word. And you have to act by it. Yeah, Thank it. you so much. That's a beautiful way to end. And you know that I just wanted to just end with this. There are no have-tos, just choices. And that was by Eleanor Roosevelt. So may you go forward with the choices that you have made with many blessings. And thank you again so much for being on my program. God bless.